Today is December 13th, 2023. Welcome to Read Through the New Testament. Hi, everyone. And uh, today's a special day. Yes, it is. It's our son's birthday. Yep. Yeah. He was born 28 years ago. Today. Yep. Amazing. Now he's uh, in Colorado editing YouTube videos. Enjoying it. Okay, so welcome to break, guys. I know you're on Christmas break, and uh, Mrs. Brandon had a suggestion to try to help make this time be better and more fun. So um, we're going to tell you a joke of the day, <laughs> these next yep. readings. You ready? Here it's it is. An extra little special treat. <laughs> yeah, just so you, so you can you look forward to, to it. Break. Yeah, okay, here it is. Where's the best place to get an ice cream cone? Hmm. Sunday school. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're reading today Mark chapter 14, 32 through 72, second half of 14, and 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Okay, Mark chapter 14, verse 32. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And the key to saying that word, by the way, is to get the geth in there. Yep. Gethsemane. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. And they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. <clears throat> Verse 43. <clears throat> and immediately, immediately, we haven't had that word for a while. Yeah, it's still coming. <clears throat> and immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, <clears throat> And with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss, the one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. A young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. 
Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another, not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witness do we need? You have heard this, you have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy! And the guards received him with blows. Just awful stuff. The uh, only innocent man in all of history gets treated and abused this way. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed, and the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. <clears throat> All right, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8. This chapter is about giving. And, um, you know, many pastors use this text about giving to the church, where actually it's about giving to missions. It's very helpful. Paul's not seeking to help himself in the church. He's seeking to help the poor in Jerusalem. Mm. And thereby unifying the church, because you have the Greeks in um in these places like Corinth, and and they need to give spirit back physically to those who help them spiritually. That is from the Jews. So that's the crux of what he's talking about here. Some collection, raising, so he can help the poor uh, relief far away in Jerusalem. It's your turn, I think, right? Okay, yep. All right, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, being begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. So they were begging for the opportunity to give. Yeah, the poor people. Yeah. And beyond their means, beyond what they had. Yep. Just giving graciously because they <clears throat> had so appreciated the gospel of Christ. Yeah. So begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, 
not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urged Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. That sounds kind of a dig there. I think it is. As you excel in everything. (laughs) Yep, because they're so much better than Paul. Because they seem to be claiming that. Yep. Yep, how bad Paul is and how so, great they are. So he's saying, well, so excel in this act of grace also. Yeah, I think it's how he just turns the arrogance into... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's sarcastic, I think, several times yep. in this letter. Okay, verse 8. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so you by his poverty might become rich. And in this manner I give my judgment... This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. Now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and that you burdened, but that, as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. That's talking about manna, right? Yep, yep, Exodus 16. <clears throat> okay, verse 16. But thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you, For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And we don't know who that is. We don't know who that is, no. The brother. The brother. Um, And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of men. And with them, we are sending our brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. Yep, just calling them to be generous to help those in Jerusalem. Okay, so looking back at summaries of what we've read. Yep. So So chapter 14, I think, is pretty... Back to Mark. Back to Mark 14, I think that's pretty straightforward in terms of just the events of everything happening. So, um, But here at Acts, or 2 Corinthians chapter 18... um, Chapter 8. Chapter 8, I'm sorry, you're right. I think it just has to do with um, giving and trying to persuade to... Give to others who lack, just being generous mm-hmm. as a demonstration of love. Um, you know, and somehow it says in verse ten they started this work. 
So maybe they said, hey, let's let's do this, let's start it. He's just saying, hmm. finish it. So like, they made a commitment, and now I think especially how he says, okay, if you guys are so godly, just show your love, like giving to these people from what you have, just shows your love towards them. So I think it's all about about giving, yeah, giving to giving the project generously and to show the fruit of their love. Yep, and we'll see this described again tomorrow. So come back for okay. for the joke. Okay. <laughs> right, bye bye. Bye everyone.